Book Three of Jerusalem Delivered by Torquato Tasso. Translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The Argument The camp at Great Jerusalem arrives. Clorinda gives them battle. In the breast of fair Erminia, Tancred's love revives. He justs with her unknown, whom he loved best. Argant, adventurers of their guide deprives, with stately pomp they lay their lord in chest. Godfrey commands to cut the forest down, and make strong engines to assault the town. The purple morning left her crimson bed, and donned her robe of pure vermilion hue. Her amber locks she crowned with roses red, in Eden's flowery gardens gathered new. When through the camp a murmur shrill was spread, Arm, arm, they cried, arm, arm, the trumpets blew. Their merry noise prevents the joyful blast, so hum small bees before their swarms they cast. Their captain rules their courage, guides their heat, their forwardness he stayed with gentle rein, and yet more easy haply were the feet to stop the current near Charybdis' main, or calm the blustering winds on mountains great, than fierce desires of warlike hearts restrain, he rules them yet, and ranks them in their haste, for well he knows disordered speed makes waste. Feathered their thoughts, their feet in wings were dight, swiftly they marched, yet were not tired thereby, for willing minds make heaviest burdens light. But when the gliding sun was mounted high, Jerusalem, behold, appeared in sight. Jerusalem they view, they see, they spy, Jerusalem with merry noise they greet, with joyful shouts and acclamations sweet. As when a troop of jolly sailors row, some new-found land and country to descry, through dangerous seas and under stars unknow, thrall to the faithless waves and trothless sky. If once the wished shore begun to show, they all saluted with a joyful cry, and each to other show the land in haste, forgetting quite their pains and perils past. To that delight which their first sight did breed, that pleased so the secret of their thought, a deep repentance did forthwith succeed, that reverend fear and trembling with it brought. Scantly they durst their feeble eyes to spread upon that town where Christ was sold and bought, where for our sins he faultless suffered pain, there where he died, and where he lived again. Soft words, low speech, deep sobs, sweet sighs, Salt tears rose from their breasts, with joy and pleasure mixed. For thus fares he the Lord aright that fears, Fear on devotion, joy on faith is fixed. Such noise their passions make, as when one hears the hoarse sea-waves Roar hollow rocks betwixt, or as the wind in holts and shady greaves A murmur makes among the boughs and leaves. Their naked feet trod on the dusty way, following the example of their zealous guide. Their scarfs, their crests, their plumes and feathers gay, they quickly doffed and willing laid aside. Their molten hearts, their wanted pride allay, along their watery cheeks warm tears downslide. And then such secret speech as this they used, while to himself each one himself accused. Flower of goodness, root of lasting bliss, Thou well of life, whose streams were purple blood that flowed here to cleanse the soul amiss of sinful men, 
behold this brutish flood that from my melting heart distilled is receive in greed these tears o lord so good for never wretch with sin so overgone had fitter time or greater cause to moan this while the wary watchman looked over from tops of sion's towers the hills and dales and saw the dust the fields and pastures cover as when thick mists arise from moory vales at last the sun-bright shields he gan discover and glistering helms for violence none that fails the metal shone like lightning bright in skies and man and horse amid the dust descries then loud he cries oh what a dust ariseth oh how it shines with shields and targets clear up up to arms for valiant heart despiseth the threatened storm of death and danger near behold your foes then furthered thus deviseth haste haste for vain delay increaseth fear these horrid clouds of dust that yonder fly your coming foes does hide and hide the sky the tender children and the fathers old the aged matrons and the virgin chaste that durst not shake the spear nor target hold themselves devoutly in their temples placed the rest of members strong and courage bold on hardy breasts their harness donned in haste some to the walls some to the gates them dight their king meanwhile directs them all aright all things well ordered he withdrew with speed up to a turret high two ports between that so he might be near at every need and overlook the lands and furrows green thither he did the sweet erminia lead that in his court had entertained been since christians antioch did to bondage bring and slew her father who thereof was king against their foes clorinda sallied out and many a baron bold was by her side within the postern stood agantes stout to rescue her if ill mote her betide with speeches brave she cheered her warlike rout and with bold words them heartened as they ride let us by some brave act quoth she this day of asia's hopes the groundwork found and lay while to her folk thus spake the virgin brave thereby behold forth passed a christian band towards the camp that herds of cattle drave for they that morn had forayed all the land the fierce virago would that booty save whom their commander singled hand for hand a mighty man-at-arms who guardo hight but far too weak to match with her in fight they met and low in dust was guardo laid twixt either army from his cell downcast the pagans shout for joy and hopeful said those good beginnings would have endings blessed against the rest on went the noble maid she broke the helm and pierced the armed breast her men the paths rode through made by her sword they passed the stream where she had found the ford soon was the prey out of their hands recovered by step and step the frenchmen gan retire till on a little hill at last they hovered whose strength preserved them from clorinda's ire when as a tempest that hath long been covered in watery clouds breaks out with sparkling fire with his strong squadron lord tancredi came his heart with rage his eyes with courage flame mast great the spear was which the gallant bore that in his warlike pride he made to shake as winds tall cedars tossed on mountains hoar the king that wondered at his bravery spake to her that near him seated was before who felt her heart with love's hot fever quake 
Well shouldst thou know, quoth he, each Christian knight by long acquaintance, though in armor dight. Say, who is he shows so great worthiness that rides so rank and bends his lance so fell? To this the princess said, nor more nor less, her heart with sighs, her eyes with tears did swell. But sighs and tears she wisely could suppress, her love and passion she dissembled well, and strove her love and hot desire to cover, till heart with sighs and eyes with tears ran over. At last she spoke, and with a crafty slight her secret love disguised in clothes of hate. Alas, too well, she says, I know that night, I saw his force and courage proved late, too late, I viewed when his power and might shook down the pillar of Cassano's state. Alas, what wounds he gives, how fierce, how fell! No physic helps them cure, nor magic's spell. Tancred he hight, O Macon, would he wear my thrall, ere fates him of his life deprive. For to his hateful head such spite I bear, I would him reave his cruel heart on live. Thus said she. They that her complainings hear, in other sense her wishes credit give. She sighed with all, they construed all amiss, and thought she wished to kill, who longed to kiss. This while forth pricked Clorinda from the throng, and gainst Tancredi set her spear in rest. Upon their helms they cracked their lances long, and from her head, her gilden casque, he cast, for every lace he broke and every thong, and in the dust threw down her plumed crest. About her shoulders shone her golden locks, like sunny beams on alabaster rocks. Her looks with fire, her eyes with lightning blaze. Sweet was her wrath, what then would be her smile? Tancred, whereon think'st thou? What dost thou gaze? Hast thou forgot her in so short a while? The same is she, the shape of whose sweet face the god of love did in thy heart compile, the same that left thee by the cooling stream safe from sun's heat, but scorched with beauty's beam. The prince well knew her, though her painted shield and golden helm he had not marked before, she saved her head, and with her axe well steeled assailed the knight, but her the knight forbore. Gainst other foes he proved him through the field, Yet she for that refrained ne'er the more, but following, Turn thee, cried, in ireful wise, and so at once she threats to kill him twice. Not once the baron lifts his armed hand to strike the maid, but gazing on her eyes, where lordly Cupid seemed in arms to stand, no way to ward or shun her blows he tries, but softly says, No stroke of thy strong hand can vanquish Tancred, but thy conquest lies in those fair eyes, which fiery weapons dart, that find no lighting place except this heart. At last resolved, although he hoped small grace, yet ere he died, to tell how much he loved, for pleasing words in women's ears find place, and gentle hearts with humble suits are moved. O thou, quoth he, withhold thy wrath a space, for if thou long to see my valor proved, were it not better from this warlike rout withdrawn somewhere alone to fight it out? So singled, may we both our courage try. Clorinda to that motion yielded glad, and helmless to the forestward gan high, 
whither the prince right pensive went and sad, and there the virgin gan him soon defy. One blow she strucken, and he warded had, when he cried, Hold, and ere we prove our might, first hear thou some conditions of the fight. She stayed, and desperate love had made him bold. Since from the fight thou wilt no respite give, the covenants be, he said, that thou unfold this wretched bosom, and my heart outrive, given thee long since, and if thou cruel would I should be dead, let me no longer live, but pierce this breast, that all the world may say the eagle made the turtle dove her prey. Save with thy grace, or let thine anger kill, love hath disarmed my life of all defence, an easy labor harmless blood to spill, strike then, and punish where is none offence. This said the prince, and more perchance had will to have declared, to move her cruel sense, but in ill time of pagans thither came a troop and Christians that pursued the same. The pagans fled before their valiant foes, for dread or craft it skills not that we knew. A soldier wild, careless to win or lose, saw where her locks about the damsel flew, and at her back he proffereth as he goes to strike where her he did disarmed view. But Tancred cried, O oh, stay thy cursed hand, and for toward the blow lift up his brand. But yet the cutting steel arrived there where her fair neck adjoined her noble head. Light was the wound, but through her amber hair the purple drops down railed, bloody red, so rubies set in flaming gold appear. But Lord Tancredi, pale with rage as lead, flew on the villain, who to flight him bound. The smart was his, though she received the wound. The villain flies, he full of rage and ire pursues. She stood and wondered on them both. But yet to follow them showed no desire. To stray so far she would perchance be loath, but quickly turned her, fierce as flaming fire, and on her foes wreaked her anger wroth. On every side she kills them down amain, and now she flies, and now she turns again. As the swift oor by Volga's rolling flood, chased through the plains the mastiff curs to fawn, flies to the succor of some neighbor wood, and often turns again his dreadful horn against the dogs imbrued in sweat and blood that bite not till the beast to flight retorn, or, as the moors at their strange tennis run defenced, the flying balls unhurt to shun, so ran Clorinda, so her foes pursued, until they both approached the city's wall. When, lo, the pagans their fierce wrath renewed, cast in a ring, about they wheeled all, and gainst the Christians' backs and sides they showed their courage fierce, and to new combat fall when down the hill Argantes came to fight, like angry Mars to aid the Trojan knight, furious to fore the foremost of his rank, in sturdy steel forth stepped the warrior bold. The first he smote down from his saddle sank, the next under his steel lay on the mould. Under the sarsen's spear the worthies shrank, no breastplate could that cursed tree outhold. When that was broke, his precious sword he drew, and whom he hit, he felled, hurt, or slew. Clorinda slew Ardelio, aged knight, whose graver years would for no labor yield. His age was full of puissance and might, 
two sons he had to guard his noble yield the first far from his father's care and sight called alicandro wounded lay in field and polyphern the younger by his side had he not nobly fought had surely died tancred by this that strove to overtake the villain that had hurt his only dear from vain pursuit at last returned back and his brave troop discomfit saw well near thither he spurred and gan huge slaughter make his shock no steed his blow no knight could bear for dead he strikes him whom he lights upon so thunders break high trees in lebanon dudan his squadron of adventurers brings to aid the worthy and his tired crew before the residue young rinaldo flings as swift as fiery lightning kindled new his argent eagle with her silver wings in field of azure fair erminia knew see there sir king she says a knight as bold and brave as was the son of peleus old he wins the prize in just and tournament his acts are numberless though few his years if europe six like him to war had sent among these thousands strong of christian peers syria were lost lost were the orient and all the lands the southern ocean wears conquered were all hot afric's tawny kings and all that dwells by nilus unknown springs rinaldo is his name his armed fist breaks down stone walls when rams and engines fail but turn your eyes because i would you wist what lord that is in green and golden mail dudon he hight who guideth as him list the adventurer's troop whose prowess seld doth fail high birth grave years and practice long in war and fearless heart make him renowned far see that big man that all in brown is bound gernando called the king of norway's son a prouder knight treads not on grass or ground his pride hath lost the praise his prowess won and that kind pair in white all armed round is edward and gildippis who begun through love the hazard of fierce war to prove famous for arms but famous more for love while thus they tell their foeman's worthiness the slaughter rageth in the plain at large tancred and young rinaldo break the press they bruise the helm and pierce the sevenfold targe the troop by dudon led performed no less but in they come and give a furious charge argante's self felled at one single blow inglorious bleeding lay on earth full low nor had the boaster ever risen more but that rinaldo's horse even then down fell and with the fall his leg oppressed so sore that for a space there must he allgates dwell meanwhile the pagan troops were nigh forlore swiftly they fled glad they escaped so well argantes and with him clorinda stout for bank and bulwark served to save the rout these fled the last and with their force sustained the christians rage that followed them so near their scattered troops to safety well they trained and while the residue fled the brunt these bear dudon pursued the victory he gained and on tigranes nobly broke his spear then with his sword headless to ground him cast so gardeners branches lop that spring too fast algazer's breastplate of fine temper made nor corban's helmet forged by magic art 
could save their owners, for Lord Duden's blade cleft Corbin's head, and pierced Algazer's heart, and their proud souls down to the infernal shade from Amarath and Mahomet depart. Nor strong Argantes thought his life was sure, he could not safely fly, nor fight secure. The angry pagan bit his lips for teen, he ran, he stayed, he fled, he turned again, until at last, unmarked, unviewed, unseen, when Duden had Almansor newly slain, within his side he sheathed his weapon keen. Down fell the worthy on the dusty plain, and lifted up his feeble eyes uneath, oppressed with leaden sleep of iron death. Three times he strove to view heaven's golden ray, and raised him on his feeble elbow thrice, and thrice he tumbled on the lowly lay, and three times closed again his dying eyes. He speaks no word, yet makes he signs to pray. He sighs, he faints, he groans, and then he dies. Argantes proud, to spoil the corpse disdained, but shook his sword with blood of Duden stained. And turning to the Christian knights, he cried, Lordings, behold this bloody reeking blade, last night was given me by your noble guide. Tell him what proof thereof this day is made. Needs must this please him well that is betide, that I so well can use this martial trade, to whom so rare a gift he did present. Tell him the workman fits the instrument. If further proof hereof he long to see, Say, it still thirsts, and would his heart-blood drink. And if he haste not to encounter me, Say, I will find him when he least doth think. The Christians at his words enraged be, But he, to shun their ire, doth safely shrink Under the shelter of the neighbor wall, Well guarded with his troops and soldiers all. Like storms of hail the stones fell down from high, Cast from the bulwarks, flankers, ports, and towers, The shafts and quarries from their engines fly, As thick as falling drops in April showers. The French withdrew, they list not press too nigh, The Saracens escaped all the powers. But now Rinaldo from the earth upleapt, Whereby the leg his steed had long him kept, he came and breathed vengeance from his breast Gainst him that noble Dudon late had slain. And being come, thus spake he to the rest, Warriors, why stand you gazing here in vain? Pale death our valiant leader hath oppressed. Come wreak his loss, whom bootless you complain. Those walls are weak, they keep but cowards out. No rampier can withstand a courage stout of double iron, brass, or adamant, or if this wall were built of flaming fire, yet should the pagan vile a fortress want to shroud his coward head, safe from mine ire. Come, follow then, and bid base fear avaunt. The harder work deserves the greater hire. And with that word, close to the walls he starts, nor fears he arrows, queries, stones, or darts. Above the waves, as Neptune lift his eyes to chide the winds that Trojan ships oppressed, and with his countenance calm seas, winds, and skies, so looked Rinaldo when he shook his crest before those walls. Each pagan fears and flies his dreadful sight, or trembling stayed at least. Such dread his awful visage on them cast, 
so seem poor doves at goshawk's sight aghast the herald fliger now from godfrey came to will them stay and calm their courage hot retire quoth he godfrey commands the same to wreak your ire this season fitteth not though loath rinaldo stayed and stopped the flame that boiled in his hardy stomach hot his bridled fury grew thereby more fell so rivers stopped above their banks to swell the bands retire nor dangered by their foes in their retreat so wise were they and wary to murdered dudon each lamenting goes from wanted use of ruth they list not vary upon their friendly arms they soft impose the noble burden of his corpse to carry meanwhile godfredo from a mountain great beheld the sacred city and her seat jerusalem is seated on two hills of height unlike and turned side to side the space between a gentle valley fills from mount to mount expansed fair and wide the rest is easy scant to rise espied but mighty bulwarks fence that plainer part so art helps nature nature strengthens art the town is stored of troughs and cisterns made to keep fresh water but the country seems devoid of grass unfit for ploughman's trade not fertile moist with rivers wells and streams there grow few trees to make the summer shade to shield the parched land from scorching beams save that a wood stands six mile from the town with aged cedars dark and shadows brown by east among the dusty valleys glide the silent streams of jordan's crystal flood by west the midland sea with bounders tied of sandy shores where joppa whilom stood by north samaria stands and on that side the golden calf was reared in bethel wood bethlehem by south where christ incarnate was a pearl in steel a diamond set in brass while thus the duke on every side descried the city's strength the walls and gates about and saw where least the same was fortified where weakest seemed the walls to keep him out erminia as he armed rode him spied and thus bespake the heathen tyrant stout see godfrey there in purple clad and gold his stately port and princely look behold well seems he born to be with honor crowned so well the lore he knows of regiment peerless in fight in counsel grave and sound the double gift of glory excellent among these armies is no warrior found graver in speech bolder in tournament raymond pardie and counsel match him might tancred and young rinaldo like in fight to whom the king he likes me well therefore i knew him whilom in the court of france when i from egypt went ambassador i saw him there break many a sturdy lance and yet his chin no sign of manhood bore his youth was forward but with governance his words his actions and his portents brave of future virtue timely tokens gave presages ah too true with that a space he sighed for grief then said fain would i know the man in red with such a knightly grace a worthy lord he seemeth by his show how like to godfrey looks he in the face how like in person but some deal more low baldwin quoth she 
that noble baron hight, By birth his brother and his match in might. Next look on him that seems for counsel fit, Whose silver locks betray his store of days. Raymond he hight, a man of wondrous wit, Of Tholau's lord, his wisdom is his praise, What he forethinks doth as he looks for hit. His stratagems have good success always. With gilden helm beyond him rides the mild and good Prince William, England's king's dear child. With him is Guelpho, is his noble mate, in birth, in acts, in arms alike the rest. I know him well, since I beheld him late, by his broad shoulders and his squared breast. But my proud foe, that quite hath ruinate my high estate, and Antioch oppressed, I see not, Bohemond, that to death did bring mine aged lord, my father, and my king. Thus talked they. Meanwhile Godfredo went down to the troops that in the valley stayed, and, for in vain he thought the labor spent to sail those parts that to the mountains laid, against the northern gate his force he bent, against it he camped, against it his engines played. All felt the fury of his angry power, that from those gates lies to the corner tower. The town's third part was this, or little less, for which the duke his glorious ensigns spread. For so great compass had that fortress, that round it could not be environed with narrow siege, nor Babel's king I guess that whilom took it such an army led. But all the ways he kept, by which his foe might to or from the city come or go. His care was next to catch the trenches deep, so to preserve his resting camp by night, lest from the city while his soldiers sleep they might assail them with untimely slight. This done, he went where lords and princes weep, with dire complaints about the murdered knight, where Dudon dead lay, slaughtered on the ground, and all the soldiers sat lamenting round. His wailing friends adorned the mournful bier with woeful pomp, whereon his corpse they laid. And when they saw the Boulogne prince draw near, all felt new grief, and each new sorrow made. But he, withouten show or change of cheer, his springing tears within their fountain stayed. His rueful looks upon the corpse he cast a while, and thus bespake the same at last. We need not mourn for thee, here laid to rest. Earth is thy bed, and not the grave. The skies are for thy soul the cradle and the nest. There live, for here thy glory never dies. For like a Christian knight and champion blessed, Thou didst both live and die. Now feed thine eyes with thy Redeemer's sight, Where crowned with bliss thy faith, zeal, merit, Well-deserving is. Our loss, not thine, provokes these plaints and tears. For when we lost thee, then our ship our mast, our chariot lost her wheels, their points our spears, the bird of conquest, her chief feather cast. But though thy death far from our army bears her chiefest earthly aid, in heaven yet placed thou would procure its help divine. So reaps he that sows godly sorrow, joy by heaps. For if our God, the Lord omnipotent, those armed angels in our aid down send that were at Dothan to his prophet sent. Thou wilt come down with them, and well defend our host, and with thy sacred weapons bent gainst Sion's fort, 
these gates and bulwarks rend, that so thy hand may win this hold, and we may in these temples praise our Christ for thee. Thus he complained, but now the sable shade eclipsed the night, had thick enveloped the sun in veil of double darkness made, sleep eased care, rest brought complaint to bed. All night the wary duke devising laid how that high wall should best be battered, how his strong engines he might haply frame, and whence get timber fit to build the same. Up with the lark the sorrowful duke arose, a mourner chief at Dudon's burial. Of cypress sad a pile his friends compose under a hill, or grown with cedars tall. Beside the hearse a fruitful palm tree grows, ennobled since by this great funeral, where Dudon's corpse they softly laid in ground. The priests sung hymns, the soldiers wept around. Among the boughs they here and there bestow ensigns and arms as witness of his praise, which he from pagan lords that did them owe had won in prosperous fights and happy phrase. His shield they fixed on the bowl below, and there this distich under it which says, this palm with stretched arms doth overspread the champion Dudon's glorious carcass dead. This work, performed with advisement good, Godfrey his carpenters and men of skill in all the camp sent to an aged wood, with convoy meet to guard them safe from ill. Within a valley deep this forest stood, to Christian eyes unseen, unknown, until a Syrian told the duke, who thither sent those chosen workmen that for timber went. And now the axe raged in the forest wild, the echo sighed in the groves unseen, the weeping nymphs fled from their bowers exiled, down fell the shady tops of shaking treen, down came the sacred palms, the ashes wild, the funeral cypress, holly evergreen, the weeping fir, thick beech, and sailing pine, the married elm fell with his fruitful vine. The shooter yew, the broad-leaved sycamore, the barren plantain, and the walnut sound, the myrrh that her foul sin doth still deplore, the alder, owner of all waterish ground, sweet juniper, whose shadow hurteth sore, proud cedar, oak, the king of forests crowned. Thus fell the trees, with noise the deserts roar, the beasts their caves, the birds their nests forlore. End of Book Three